You're now listening to TheCoalition.com. Quarterly Report. It's the Quarterly Report. It's the Quarterly Report. It's the Quarterly Report. Good afternoon, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to a brand new episode of The Quarterly Report for April, May, and June releases. I'm your host, Richard Billy Jr., and today I'm joined by Mr. Gary A. Swaby. How's it going, Gary? It's going good, man. Um, been playing some interesting games this weekend, so yeah, can't wait to talk about them a little bit. Yes, absolutely. We're also joined by Mr. Jake James Lugo. How's it going, Mr. Lugo? I'm doing good, Rich. I'm excited to talk about what's went on the entire quarter. We had a lot of good games, so there's a lot to unpack. Can't wait. Yes, absolutely. Also joined by Mr. Max Muller. How's it going, Max? Hey, it's going good, man. Uh, I echo JJ. Lots of great games last quarter. Looking forward to talking about them. Yes. And, of course, we have a special guest. But, I mean, this guy is really family. We're joined by Mr. Tony Polanco. How's it going, Tony? It's going great, Rich. How you guys doing, man? I'm ready to talk about some interesting games, you know, uh, for this quarter and a little bit of next, too. <laughs> yes, absolutely. Yes, it's going to be a fun discussion today. So for those of you that might be new to the show, uh, what we generally talk about is up to three games that we enjoyed for the last quarter, which was April, May, and June. And then we talk about one game coming up for release uh, July, September, you know, August or September that we're looking forward to and one that we think is going to be a disappointment. So uh, first off, I think I'm going to have, um, let me see. Max, how about you go first and let us know which games you enjoyed from this past quarter? Awesome. Um, as you guys know, I play a lot more indie games than I do anything else, and I still don't have my PlayStation, so I missed out on a lot of the really big popular games, which is kind of a bummer, but I'll be catching up on those later. So my three that I played, I'd have to say The Surge, just in general, though. Like, I feel like even if I had those other games, The Surge would still be pretty high up there because I'm someone who really likes those types of Dark Souls games, and as we all know, Dark Souls has come out, like, what, five years in a row, including Bloodborne. So it's not that those games like got easy, but it got to the point where they just weren't as challenging as they were when I first started them. Because, you know, it was the same thing pretty much every time. So you get really good at it when you're playing it five years straight. But um, The Surge kind of took that Dark Souls formula and kind of threw, I don't want to say artificial difficulty, like multipliers on there, but they were things that the Soul series could easily do, but doesn't and they worked for the better of the game like for example in order to get new gear you can't just kill enemies and find it like that will happen occasionally but in order to like upgrade helmets or get a certain helmet that you see you'd have to attack the enemies like head you'd have to specifically hold back attacks and block and dodge to make sure all your attacks are hitting its head so that you can get that armor piece so it really makes you kind of grind and work and be very careful with enemies you're attacking and it makes the game a lot harder because you also die much quicker than in dark souls so if you if you screw up, you're, you're dead, and then you have to restart from way back wherever. And I also just thought the bosses were a lot harder as well. Like, there's there's way less of them, but they were way more difficult. Like, a lot of Dark Souls bosses I beat on my first try, that did not happen in this game at all. This game, every single boss was a predicament for me, which was awesome, and I, I really liked that sort of thing. It's nice to have a game really challenging me. Like, 
that isn't really, really old, you know, like a modern game that still is that type of challenge. And then my second one, I know this one is a bit more unpopular, but I have to say Outlast 2, as we know from my review, I was, I don't want to say in the minority, but I definitely liked it a lot more than other people. And I've said this before, I think a lot of it's because of I what I expected from the game I got. I got basically everything improved from the first game. There were still, still a few hiccups here and there, but basically I loved the first game and everything that I wanted from its sequel, all the improvements on the first game, you know, a better story, story that actually had more meaning to it and wasn't like a side story the whole time and then actually introduced the main story really late, which is kind of weird. Um, Outlast 2 kind of tied in its side story and its main story together, which I really enjoyed. And I just enjoyed the story overall and the gameplay for the most part was fun. You know, I was terrified the entire time, which is what I look forward to. And like the first one, I could even replay a few times. This one, I don't know if I'm going to replay because of how uneasy it made me. And then my last one, this one is technically an indie game that's still in early access, but it was revealed or it came out in May and it's the game that does not feel like it should be in early access at all. Like it already feels complete. Uh, it's a game called Dead Cells, and it's kind of a randomly generated Metroidvania-style game. And uh, I've actually wrote about it on The Coalition. Um, I have a preview up on it. But this game already has so much content in it. Like, the only things that it needs to be to it are basically more NPCs and just, like, enemies they want to add and more levels. Like, this game could literally be released right now. Like, I've played quite a bit of it now. I haven't really encountered any bugs anything like that it's just a really good case for early access gaming um because i know a lot of early access gaming and that sort of stuff like that like a lot of them people just stop supporting them which is really frustrating this game is just so fun it's so tight it's one of the best roguelites i've ever played and that's one of my favorite genres so i just i just have really nothing but praise for it like my only real quote-unquote complaint is that the levels are getting kind of stale now just because I'm not the best at it, so I'm constantly dying and having to redo the early levels, and I'm not even going to be to see the later levels, but that's more a thing on me than it is the game. And it's just really, really cool. I'm really a big fan of that. And then I'm saving my disappointment for later, right? Oh, yeah. Yeah. You can yeah, save that okay. for later. So, yeah, well, yeah. Those are my three that I liked a lot then. So, I just want to say real quick, excellent picks. I also have to co-sign... The Surge, because I was very surprised with that game. Yeah. Uh, you know, we, we do. I, I still have something coming for that game. So if people are patient, they may see some coverage on the site soon. But yeah, I just wanted to say I co-signed that 100% with you. The game is, is very good. Um, but yes, thank you for letting us know your picks. So I'm going to now go to Mr. Gary Swaby. Uh, let me remind Gary, like I did the last time we did a quarterly report, uh, Overwatch did not come out this year, so I'm not expecting you to mention Overwatch. <laughs> so, go ahead, Gary. Oh, I feel like you're going to be reminding me forever of that, but um, yeah, it's crazy as well, because like I noticed I, I actually didn't play a lot of games like in this last quarter, because like I've still been playing games from other quarters. And Overwatch is, of course, one of them. Like, I'm still playing that consistently as well. But, um, yeah, I, I, I didn't actually... I can't talk about three games that I liked this quarter, but, like, I can talk about two. And uh, one of them was The Walking Dead Season 3. Um, and I feel like this is definitely one of Telltale's um, strongest season in, in any of their games, to be honest. Like... Uh, I didn't like The Walking Dead Season 2, but this season was done really well. It introduced new characters, 
and uh, what I liked about it is that the characters like there wasn't really any likable character to be honest with you um maybe you can make a case for Clem even though she's a bit questionable now herself but um yeah the, a lot of the characters are, they aren't likable at all but I still care about what happens to them and that's the most important thing when it comes to storytelling because you don't want characters that nobody likes and doesn't care about but this game it makes you care about the characters even though you might not like them and that creates like interesting situations from the player standpoint and um, I felt like a lot of the decisions you make in this game they matter a lot more than in you know some of the other Telltale games um, like in the, the the last episode I feel like if you went a completely different way um, I feel like it changes quite a lot in terms of the people who are left standing at the season and stuff so um, it does have an impact on the characters and and that's why I liked about it and uh, there was a lot of different compelling story arcs and you know a lot of um, really interesting um, you know subject subjects that come up like the subject matter that comes up like is uh, it's really deep for real so I recommend people play this game. It's nothing like the Walking Dead TV show, which has gotten stale, in my opinion. Like this game is is really great, and it makes you it it makes you really think about the consequences of if something like the zombie apocalypse happened. So, um, yeah, that, that's definitely the game I wanted to talk about. The other game I was almost in danger of not playing this quarter, but. You know, I felt like it was time. The time came and, you know, I had to try out Persona 5 and I've spent about three hours with it so far and I'm loving it. Like, it's very stylistic from from the get-go. Like, as you get into it, it just commands your attention. Um, and um, even simple things like finding the train, the right train to get to school, like, it feels so immersive and... I felt like I was actually looking for a train. Like it felt like when I'm on the London underground trying to find the right train <laughs> to get where I need to go to. Like it really felt like that to me. And um, I like that, you know, the story, it doesn't give you everything up front. Like you kind of fill in all the blanks as you're playing it. And um, I like just, just the people you come across in the game, some of the characters and stuff, they're all interesting and mysterious and uh the, the attention to detail in some of the characters is really good as well like the guy who lets you um stay at his his uh cafe um like he's really funny because like just little things that like, he doesn't like having a dude's name in his phone and stuff like that like just those little details about each character is hilarious and the actual um combat system as well it feels um very seamless very stylistic um, I haven't, you know, I haven't unlocked a lot of abilities yet, as you can imagine, because, you know, I'm still within the early hours of the game. But like the, you know, the, the combat system feels it at the moment, it feels simple and concise, like it is, it's what it needs to be. Um, so I'm really interested to see like how many different types of abilities and weapons and everything else you get to unlock as the game goes on. Um, but yeah, that game is incredible, like, because, uh, for a lot of games that I play nowadays, even story driven games, like, you know, I'll play for like an hour and then I'll be like, 
you know what, I, I'm going to take a break real quick. I'm going to go, you know, like wash up the dishes or something like that. But with this game, like I, I don't want to leave it. Like I don't want any breaks. Like I just, it keeps me playing. And like the thought of taking a break just goes completely out of my mind. So yeah, I definitely recommend everybody play Persona 5. Like there's just something really special about it. But um, yeah, those are really the only two games I can talk about from this quarter. Sounds awesome. Uh, let me make one quick comment before I move on to the next person. That last line that you had about not wanting to take breaks, this sounds very, very dangerous. So, you know, I have no idea when I'll play this game now because I still haven't played Horizon Zero Dawn. That's another game people say, oh, you need to play before this year is over. So I got some tough decisions to make. But I believe it because I've heard nothing but praise for the game. So we'll see. Uh, Mr. Lugo, how about you go next and let us know what your picks were for this past quarter? So it's my three, it's my three best picks, correct? That's correct. Sure. Yeah. Okay, so this, like every single quarter that we do this show, it, it's very hard, especially this year, because there are so many good, solid, diverse games that have been coming out in 2017. 2017, a lot of people have been saying is the year of dreams, and that's because that's a statement to as a testament to how many good games or at least great to good to phenomenal games that have been coming out since the beginning of the year which is awesome so i want to make sure that everybody that listens to the show whenever you hear our picks you don't take these as our three only picks because there's so many games coming out this year that we got to play that are just awesome so my three picks are going to be pretty diverse and again they could be substituted for a number of different games that have come out throughout the entirety of the year uh and again this is no like consecutive order or yearly you know release order and such but the first one i want to start off with is injustice 2 i think injustice 2 deserves a lot of praise because nether realms knocked it out the park and again this could be substituted for some people for tekken 7 because that's another phenomenal game despite its issues that i had with it the reason why i pick injustice 2 over uh, other games that were fighting games that came out this quarter is because I feel Injustice 2 gave the most value to players. It gave the most uh, single-player content, which I thought was great. Not just the story mode content and all the arcade-based content, but it has a lot of single-player content involving the multiverse, which I think is endless to some extent. Then there's the online play that just works phenomenally. There's a lot of... Uh, value that comes out of that game more so than the previous games that i mentioned and i think a lot of people really love that i think besides it being dc superheroes which has a whole nother appeal to a completely different audience outside of just the fighting game scene but the fact that it does a lot of what a lot of other fighting games have been criticized about particularly street fighter 5 and the like over the last year or so that it's refreshing to see a studio put so much value into both types of fighting game players that are out there, both the single-player people that aren't really competitive like that and the competitive guys that are going out to tournaments and such. And you got a little bit of that with Tekken 7 to some extent, but I felt Injustice 2 did it so much more better, and it was such a better designed game as far as being a total package, which is what why I felt that it was one of the better uh, fighting game releases this quarter. Again, I said that in my review. You could find it on the Coalition website right now where I go into a lot more detail that's like a good kind of i guess you could say a uh, summary of of my views overall my second game that i want to give praise to and again could be substituted for a number of other releases that came out but the reason why i want to give this one a little bit extra shine because i feel like this one hit all the right marks and hit all the right notes next machina 
from Housemark. Uh, it was one of the games I reviewed recently. Uh, I want to say about a couple weeks ago. And I feel like this is just a pure gameplay experience. It's just straight up, solid, fast-paced, easy-to-get-into action that just keeps on giving. It, it's a very short game. Uh, it doesn't have that many levels. I want to say it has maybe about four to five levels in total. But really, it's that addictive quality to it that because it's so fast-paced, it's so easy to control and easy just to dive into, especially if you want to dive into something very quickly. You have the challenges that kind of mix things up a little bit with the stipulations and the kind of changes to the mechanics mechanics of the game that still make it feel fresh while still remaining the same, you know, to its core true gameplay. Uh, I feel like it's a great game that Housemark is a master of making these types of experiences. They're the guys that did Resogun and they're the guys that did Alienation. So this fits right in that catalog with their releases from the past. And I feel like, again, they, as long as they keep this track record up, they're going to be one of the really cool developers of this generation of consoles. And again, it's just a fun game. If you haven't played it yet on your PlayStation 4 off of PSN, I really implore you to do so i know it's also available on pc uh and from my you know talking to different people that have played both versions of the game it feels like the twin stick shooting is a little bit better than using mouse and keyboard you know with the aiming with the mouse controls it just feels a little bit more natural using a controller and using both sticks to control your character and take out all the enemies and the hordes of just different aliens coming your way it's just it's a fun experience if you like games like robotron from back in the day, those old school arcade games that are just simply just shooting up a ton of enemies and just getting high scores and just making it to the end. This is the game for you, I feel like. Uh, and again, that could be substituted for a number of different releases that have come out this quarter. It's just, again, 2017 has just got so many good games that have been dropping constantly, a lot of which I didn't even get to play because there's so many right now. And then finally, again, no surprise because it came out in April. I have to give more props to Persona 5. Persona 5 is my game of the year thus far. That's the game I feel like deserves the most praise because it's the most well-designed. It offers the most value thus far, I feel like, this year. In a year where there's a lot of other phenomenal games coming out, some people have said Horizon Zero Dawn. Some people have said Breath of the Wild. This is one of those games that will be talked about at the end of the year and from a variety of different people in a variety of different outlets. It's just that good. It's the best Persona game to date, in my opinion. It's a game that I feel like if you've never played a Persona game thus far to date, you could dive into this one and have no problems. And it'll make you want to go back and play Persona 4 Golden on the Vita. It'll make you want to go back and play Persona 4, uh, Persona 3 Portable on the PlayStation Portable, or at least download it off the PSN and play it like that. It's just that fun of a game. It's that interesting. The characters are likable. There is some flaws here and there like any other game out there, uh, especially when you start getting to the anime archetypes that... Uh, a lot of people don't really resonate with that as much. But still, you have to give props to the sound design. You have to give props to the presentation, the visual style of it, the way that it kind of eases you into a lot of the gameplay elements, whether it's the simulation and kind of like the day-to-day -day life type of stuff or the battles and just the, the intricate type of like boss fights you could get involved with and the story that just pulls you along all these different elements. It's just that good of a game. Again, I gave it 100 out of 100. It's one of the first and probably the only game thus far I've given 100 out of 100, and it's well-deserved so of it. So those are my three picks. And again, any of those games can be substituted for whatever your preferences are, but those are three solid picks of this quarter of the year. Yes, fantastic picks all around, I, I would definitely say. Man, Persona 5. Yeah, I have to play this game. So, it's crazy. Mr. Polanco, how about you give us your picks next? All right. Um, so, for me, you know, everybody mentioned Persona 5. That's my main one. And that game actually kept me away from all the other big games. Like, for example, um, Justice Injustice 2 and Next Machina and a bunch of other stuff that dropped this quarter. 
I wasn't able to play it because I was playing Persona. Persona, it, like it, I posted up on Twitter, it took me 99 hours, right? It's, it's a long ass game. And here's the thing. It takes 94 hours to beat it if you don't do any side shit. That's how long this game is, you know, but the game is fantastic. I really love Persona 4 Golden on Vita. So, um, you know, and, and the funny thing is I just beat that game earlier this year. So I was still like in that Persona frame of mind. But, you know, like these guys said, I, I love the, the world building. You know, it's different than Persona 4 because in that one, you're a city kid that goes into the countryside. And this one, you're a country boy that goes into the city, you know. But since it was in a city, it kind of resonates with me more. Like, obviously, I've never been to Tokyo or whatever. But, you know, I know how cities, you know, work and stuff. So I was more comfortable with that. And just like Gary said, you know, the whole thing with the subway at the beginning was hilarious because I legit got lost. I'm like, you know, if I was in Tokyo, this is probably what would happen to me. Like, I'm getting lost in the fucking subways and shit. But the game is great. You know, the, the combat, what I love about it, it's it's very simple to learn, but difficult to master, especially in the later parts of the game. Like, you really got to think. It's it's like almost like playing chess. Like, you really got to think a couple moves ahead of time just to um, know what you're doing. But at the same time, you also have to be prepared to change whatever strategy you have at the drop of a dime in case some shit happens, you know? Um, I loved all the characters in it, you know. Um, I, I didn't hear about any controversy with anime stereotypes. I, I thought every character in this game was great. Some and some of the NPCs were pretty hilarious to me, you know. Um, it, it's just so much fun. I love the, the production value of this game. Like, you could tell they poured a lot of money into this. You don't really see too many AAA JRPGs these days, so it's nice to see another one right after Final Fantasy fifteen. Like, I like it when a game, when you could tell a game costs a shit ton of money to make, and you could tell this one, you know, costs a lot too animated cut scenes almost almost full voice work you know like obviously there's some scenes where people don't talk but most of the important scenes people talk um and it has all the same like you know crazy monsters you you know from the other shin megami tensei games dope ass game i love that i'm actually replaying it right now i shouldn't be replaying this game because i got too much other shit to play but it's just that good you know it's just very very addictive you know so definitely i give props to Persona 5, that's currently my game of the year. And unless something else dethrones it, I don't see that, you know, being dethroned. It's just brilliant, you know? All right, for the next two games, these aren't like, oh my fucking God, these games are the greatest games of all time. But, you know, I enjoy them, so I'm going to throw them in there. And here's the funny thing. Each of these games, and I'm including Persona 5, they're all exclusives to their respective platforms, which is interesting. And I got everybody covered, so you can't come at me, you know, call me a Sony pony when I got all this shit covered. All right, so this next one, this is a surprise to me. I never played this back in the day because I never owned an Xbox. Voodoo Vince Remastered. I'm surprised I'm saying this, man. I miss old school platforming 3D games, you know, and this one, like, satisfied that is. And also, I had played this game right after playing, like, three or four, like, giant open world games that came out just this year, you know? So it was just, a, like, a nice change of pace. Um, the story is, you know, it, 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 it's whatever, you know, it's kind of stupid, to be honest. Uh, the voice acting is kind of dumb, but I just enjoyed the platforming section. And it's a kind of unique twist on a platform because basically you play as a voodoo doll and you hurt your enemies by hurting yourself. You know, like that's how voodoo dolls work, basically. Like, you got to inflict like heavy damage on yourself in order to kill your enemies, which I thought was pretty interesting, you know. Um, and also, not a lot of games take place in, like, Louisiana, the whole voodoo thing, you know, um, going on. I thought that was dope. So, yeah, the game is fun. Like, I know some people, even back in the day, shitted on it. I thought it was a lot of fun, you know. And I like the way it was um, remastered. It looks very ni nice, you know. And then the other game is, this one's, a, like, an old game. Um, but I, you know, I liked it back then, so I liked it now. Ultra Street Fighter 2 
on the Switch. Um, and I'm a big Street Fighter guy. It, you know, by the way, I know I realized that Street Fighter 2 Ultra is probably like the lesser of the fighting games that came out this generation, this quarter, but this is the only one I played, you know. Um, and I'm a big Street Fighter fan from back in the day. What I was surprised by is I, it actually works very well, even in like handheld mode. You figure like, you know, you can't do Hadoukens and shit with the little nubs and stuff on the, on the Switch, but it actually worked really well. And obviously, you're playing with the Pro Controller, you're set, you know. Uh, it, it, it's a really fun game, really good graphics. If you guys play this game back on Xbox Live Arcade, it's the same experience, basically, just a little bit more enhanced. They even have a, a Switch-specific mode where you basically, it's in first person, and you got to throw Hadoukens and shit, like you're playing Ryu, basically. I thought that was kind of stupid, but at the same time, it's cool they threw it in there for the fans. And I also liked that they had, like, a full art gallery from, like, all the Street Fighter games, basically. Like, it was, it was dope, you know, really, really nice presentation so yeah that's my three games of this past quarter wow hey i like the diversity of the picks and i'm very surprised voodoo vince has made that so you know um i'm surprised too (laughs) (laughs) yeah that's awesome that's awesome all right so i gotta talk about my three picks uh let me think well, I, I'm going to go ahead and I'm going to say what Mr. Lugo said earlier. It's, it's a lot of games that came out this quarter, so it's starting to get a little difficult to just choose from every game. Uh, so as I've already mentioned earlier, I have not played Persona 5 yet. I, I feel if I did play it, that probably would have been on the list, but I have to work on actually making time to play that game. But for the games that I did enjoy, uh, first pick, I ha- it has to go to Injustice 2 also because, I mean, I enjoyed Injustice 1 a lot. Um, I, I was I was kind of concerned about some things with Injustice 2, but I did get a chance to play it at GDC back in March. And just initially, uh, based off of what I played before, I said, oh, this is pretty good. You know, I did have concerns, though. You know, how would the game be after you get through the story? Did it have enough content uh, and a longevity to keep me playing? And the answer to that question is yes, without a doubt. You know, the multiverse stuff, multi-universe stuff they have in there is 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 just awesome definitely keeps you playing um the ability to unlock the sliders so on and so forth was great and the story mode in and of itself i, I thought was great the fact that i had to play through it twice to get uh, different endings i did find interesting because i didn't know that that was how they was going to structure the story but um I have to say, so far, that is the the fighting game that I've enjoyed most so far this year, because I did play Tekken 7 also, and while I did enjoy Tekken 7, it's just something about Injustice 2 I liked a lot more. Uh, You know, another realm, they did knock it out the ballpark, as Mr. Lugo said earlier, so I had to give them props for that. Uh, So that's definitely on the list. Uh, The next game that I would say, uh, this may be a surprise to some, but I don't really think it is a surprise because I did talk about this game on the co-op before. That is What Remains of Edith Finch. Uh, This is a game that's made by Giant Sparrow, uh, the same team that made the, uh, I believe it was the the Unfinished Swan game. Uh, So, you know, I I, I tried to talk a little bit about this game initially on the last co-op, but I did not want to really give away any spoilers. But I will just say that the game has to do with you reliving the lives of people who are pretty much about to die. Uh, In their moment of death, you actually experience what happened to them, and it basically unlocks the story of what happened with the whole family. So the concept of actually making that into a game, I was very fascinated with. 
But when I actually played the game and I saw how they made certain stuff uh, apply to certain people within the storyline, I was like, man, this is awesome. Uh, now, the game is short. You know, again, this is a, it'll maybe take you about maybe 90 minutes to play through. Um, but it was worth playing. You know, I know that Sony has quite a bit of sales going on now. They'll probably have more sales as the rest of the year goes on. So I would definitely say once the price is cheaper, if you want to try something different, you should give this a try. Um, I'm not going to tell you that it's now the game does have some dark stuff in there, uh, but it has a different range of emotions that you will get from playing it. So I definitely will say though, that if you want to try something different, uh, if you did play the unfinished wine, maybe you already have an idea of the type of work that giant sparrow does, but this game, something about it was very unique. And again, because they decided to tackle such a subject matter like, like that is, it's just very interesting to see how they do it in I think the execution was, was excellent. Um, so definitely check that out when you get a chance. And my third and final pick, and this is a bit controversial because obviously the, the season is not over yet, but I have to talk about it because I've had a, quite a bit to say about this, and that is Telltale's Guardians of the Galaxy. Now, I have to agree with what Gary said earlier. The Walking Dead is fantastic. Um, season three was fantastic. But the reason why I decided to talk about Guardians is because there's a lot about this this game based on the two episodes that I played so far, which is really really solid. Um, I I, I, don't, I really don't want to give away any spoilers about what happens in the particular uh, episodes, but I, I will just say this: you know, the subject matter that they deal with with the actual storytelling is on point as you would expect. You get to see different sides of the characters and how they got to where they are now. Uh, basically, a lot of backstories that are developed, like in episode two, is largely about uh, Rocket Raccoon. And it talks about something that happened in, in his past, which relates to the current storyline. Like I said, I don't want to really give away any spoilers yet. You know, we will have a discussion about the season as it finishes, you know, as we've done in the past. But I, I did want to say that it, so far, the season is fantastic. Now, I'm not going to say the game is perfect because we already know Telltale games have a lot of issues. PlayStation 4, I've played this game and it's crashed multiple times. I've had um, a lot of issues with that because that has happened with a lot of games. Uh, I don't really know if it's specific to just the consoles. I believe some people on PC have had issues as well. But to play a game and then it has those type of issues, but then you still... You know, it has so much in it that it makes you still want to go back and play it. So I did pick this game up because it was a PSN sale about, I want to say about two weeks ago. And yeah, so far I've enjoyed, you know, I think my money was well spent. So definitely check it out if you're interested. But I did want to emphasize the game is not perfect. Uh, the soundtrack is, is exactly what you would expect from the movies. So they nailed that 100%. Some of the character designs I don't really like. Like I've said before, I don't really like what they did with Drax in this game because he, he does not look as good as he could look. But people like Thanos look fantastic. So that ranges based on what you prefer. But based on what I've played so far, you know, it's an awesome game. Um, I don't really know if I would say it is the best Telltale game they've made. I think I still think that is reserved right now. Even though Walking Dead is fantastic, the Tales from the Borderlands... Because I was very surprised with that. And I did play that earlier this year. So, um, but yeah, Guardians of the Galaxy is worth checking out. 
we'll talk more about that as we get deeper into the season. Because, again, I don't want to give any spoilers, but I will say if you like Telltale Games, you like Guardians of the Galaxy, you need to pick this up the next time they have a sale for it. It's, it's worth it. But, uh, yeah, that concludes my three picks. Um, so now we're going to talk about the one game from this past quarter that disappointed us. Um, and I believe this time, I think, uh, Mr. Polanco, how about you go first and let us know what's the one game that disappointed you this past quarter? Yeah, it's kind of interesting because this quarter I actually have two games that disappointed me. Um, but since I didn't really get too deep into the, the other one, I'll, I'll start with the main one. Uh, Prey, right? This game looked fucking dope from the outset. Like, you know, sci-fi world kind of had like a Bioshock feel to it. You know, I get the game and shit, I think it may, may have even been a review copy, you know, but because I know I didn't pay for it. I'm glad I didn't. But man, like the whole game, you know, like the combat is probably like the clunkiest FPS combat I've ever experienced. Like the guns aren't very precise, you know, and then on top of that, the game just keeps throwing enemies at you. It's funny. Here, here, here's this, this sums up everything wrong with Prey in one sentence, basically, or a couple of sentences. The game, you know, during the tutorial part tells you. You do not have to fight enemies during every encounter. You could avoid enemies if you need to. Try to make sure you don't always get into fights. As soon as I open a door after that tutorial, enemies jump out at me. I'm like, are you fucking kidding me? You just told me I don't have to fight. Now you're forcing me to fight. You know, um, I felt the guns were very, very weak. Like, you know, I know you, you have this one gun. You could like kind of glue enemies to the ground. I'm like, it, it's, it's, a, it's a neat gun, but you shouldn't make it a primary one. Like you need like an actual fucking gun you know to kill these things you know um and then obviously you know you try to be stealthy that doesn't exactly work um you get killed in like one or two hits you know here's the funny thing i'm just being honest right now the game got so like annoying that i'm like you know what fuck this shit i just want to beat this game we drop it down to easy i didn't notice any difficulty change it was exactly the fucking same I'm still getting killed by these cheap ass monsters you know because the game's not giving me any real guns not giving me good ammunition I'm like, you know what? Like, this game, like, I love the setting. I love the whole kind of Metroidvania, like, you know, the way the, the station was set up. Like, you gotta, you gotta use certain abilities to go back and stuff to open up previous areas. But just the fact that the combat was so fucking clunky, like, just was a complete disappointment for me. And here's the thing. I usually finish my games, even if they're crap. I finished games. I'm talking about shit like Knack and Killzone back when PS4 came out. I hated those games, but I finished them, right? This one, I'm like, you know what? Don't do this to yourself, bro. Fuck this game. You know, so Prey is definitely a huge disappointment. And also want to give a special shout out. I haven't even gotten too deep into it yet. And this hurts me as a fan of the series. Valkyra Revolution. Oh, my God. Like, here's the Valkyria games, the first three. I never played the third, the third game because it never came out in America. But great um, strategy RPGs, right? Very deep stories, right? Memorable characters, right? It seems like Sega forgot about all that shit with this game. This game is very generic right now. Um, combat system is like live action. It's not like, not live action. It's like in real time, you know, it's not like strategy based. Um, characters just seem very generic, you know, and then from what I'm hearing from others on the internet, it's, it's the same thing. It's like this game just really like, they dropped the ball basically, dropped the ball. So, you know, I'll, so it, I only play one hour. I'm like, you know what? This shit is so disappointing. I'm going to go back and just play near because I haven't played that. And I hear that's excellent, <laughs> you know, but yeah, pray definitely the main disappointment, but I got to had to give a little bit of a shout out to Valkyria revolution because they fucked up. 
Hey, I, I, I know, I know all about prey, and uh, yeah, it's uh, it's a lot, a lot of issues with the game. But uh, hey, Bethesda, it, hopefully, listen, they got some games coming out later this year. I'm looking forward to, so I hope that they don't uh, mess those games up. We'll see. Yeah. All right, uh, Mr. Lugo, how about you go next and let us know which game disappointed you last quarter? Now, this is another tough decision because I think out of everybody here on the panel, I probably played the most bad games because, I don't know, it just seems to work out that way where I play a lot of bad, bad games just in general. But it's one thing to be bad and to also be a disappointment. I think they're two totally different things because a disappointment is just like, oh, you know, this could have been much better than what it actually turned out, or there could have been certain things done differently that could have made this a great game. And then bad is just like you just, again, drop the ball or just completely just don't go about things in the right way. But it's another thing to beat both of them at the same time. And I think there's no other game that came out this quarter than NBA Playgrounds that really encompasses that. And the reason being for, again, if you haven't checked out my review on the website, go read it up. Uh, it has a lot of more detailed stuff of why I think that game is just straight up bad and disappointing. But the reason why it's disappointing to me is because it has the DNA and it has all the makings and the blueprint out there to be a good arcade basketball game or just an arcade sports game. We have games like NBA Jam on Fire Edition that are already out there. And what this game attempts to do is to borrow that same type of blueprint with the aesthetic and the kind of the style of it, but they don't fully commit to it. They, they want it to be a hybrid of an arcade sports game and a simulation with the way that it's presented where it has the style and aesthetic on the players of NBA Jam where they're all like the different types of caricatures of them which is fine and dandy especially if you're going to go all the way with that but then they want to present it and they want to give it different aspects and characteristics of a simulation basketball game like what you would find in an NBA 2K or an NBA Live and it just didn't mesh well to me now, what made it even more worse for me personally, and a lot of other places have noted this, but me specifically where I felt it was more disrespectful to the gamers or to the players that jump into this game. And for some reason, some people out there have, have no issue with it, but I feel like it's a bigger issue than what it, people are making it out to be, is the fact that it forces you to unlock your favorite teams. And what do I mean by this? Uh, that whole card system that they had where you have to unlock players by playing through the story mode or just playing games in general and leveling up to get these booster packs that have different players on there. And sometimes you can get duplicates that level up the experience of that particular or of a specific player. I wasn't down with that because me, I live in Florida, so I'm going to play with the home state uh, team, which is the Miami Heat. And I just want to play with the Miami Heat. And most sports games allow you to just choose your team, whatever, wherever you're from, whatever state that you're from, whatever your home team or your preferred team is, you have the ability to start out with them right away. There's no process you have to go through in order to do that. And what NBA Playgrounds does is that because the booster packs are random, you could get stuck with a bunch of players that you either don't care for, that you have no idea about, or any of these teams that you just don't want nothing to do with. And I think that's wrong. And I think that's a poor design choice that for whatever reason they felt that was okay because they either wanted to be innovative as far as blending the two types of uh, formulas and the two types of styles of basketball game or just sports game together and just the ability to make you go back and play the game again and again and again to make you stick with it and I just don't think it worked out right I just feel like this is something that even sports fans if you're out there and you play NBA 2K or if you play NBA Live or even NBA Jam or any other sports game that's out there this would be something that would get you mad 
even though you might love the game itself in essence, you know, the, the game of basketball or the game of football or anything of the sort, soccer, whatever, like that, this is just something I feel like just doesn't cater to you. It just doesn't give you anything. It makes you, it, it kind of disrespects you a little bit as a fan and as a player that's putting in time to this particular game. So that's what really disappointed me this quarter. Some people out there might disagree and that's fine and that's dandy. But for me, this just didn't make the cut for me at all. Hey, that sounds good. And I see uh, Miguel in the chat said, uh, let's go Heat. So I guess, uh, yeah, he's telling you, yeah, he's a Miami Heat fan too, I guess. Well, I guess you got to go through the process to pick them in NBA playgrounds. Like, let me put it this way. To put it in perspective, it took me over a couple hours to get at least one Miami Heat player. And I was stuck with all these other players that I knew nothing about or other players that I knew of, but I just didn't want to play with them. And it's like, how is that even fun or, or good to deal with? when you're a sports fan and you want to play as your favorite team. That, that's that's my argument that I was making. Yeah, I, I agree. I agree. That's that's not good. Yeah, I never played it, so now I probably will never play it after I hear this some of this stuff. But we'll see. Uh, okay, uh, Gary, how about you go next and let us know which game disappointed you from last quarter? Um, so, yeah, I don't have, like, first-hand experience with this, but, you know, I'm just going off of the reception and everything you know i heard about you know uh, the game when it came out and stuff and also how it was handled now we all know david jaffe he's you know legend he's well known for you know being the director of twisted metal and god of war two great series on the playstation and um so yeah drawn to death was supposed to be you know his new thing that he's working on and when i first saw it I was actually intrigued by the art style and, you know, the concept of having like a shooter in that art style, like, cause there's so many different quirky and creative things you could do with that. Uh, and then earlier this year, I heard that this was simply going to be a PSM plus game. And that gave me doubts about it. Like, okay, um, is this, you know, so is this not like a full blown game then? Is it like something lesser? Um, so yeah, then the game came out. And I heard a lot of, um, well, mostly negative responses towards the game. And even the ones that were positive, they were basically saying, you know, it's fun for like an hour or something, but it has real short-term appeal. And a lot of people aren't going to stick with it because, you know, there's better shooters out there. There's better games, period, that you could be playing than this. Like, it gives you no reason to pick it up again. Like, so you'll likely just play it one time and that's it like the appeal is completely exhausted after that first time playing and then you know in some of the reviews i saw as well people were reporting broken mechanics and you know just um short-lived ideas and stuff so that was a disappointment because i feel like the idea was there the concept was there like having you know an art style where you know things are being drawn and stuff like i, I really like that concept and i would like another developer to perhaps revisit that idea because i feel like that's something that could be you know a big deal if it's handled by the right team um so yeah it's just you know disappointing that david jaffe who's so legendary you know this is what he's kind of been reduced to doing like you know just dropping a half fast game on us on psn like um that was kind of sad to see to be honest with you so yeah that's my pick for the game I was disappointed by. Uh, well, 
<laughs> yeah, I understand that. Uh, I've heard nothing but bad things also, but uh, I guess we'll see. Uh, so, Mr. Max Muller, how about you let us know what your disappointment was for last quarter? Uh, similar to Gary, I didn't really play anything that quote-unquote disappointed me this quarter, but I'd have to say that in terms of like games that came out, um, Rhyme. From what I've heard, that Rhyme is just a pretty generic game. Like It's gorgeous, but in terms of puzzles and actually any sort of gameplay, it's really generic and even just dull, which is really kind of a bum for me because I'm really looking forward to the type of game, and that was a game I was going to get and then just keep in my backlog for a little bit until I got to play it. But after reading up on everything about how it is there, <laughs> um, that just made me kind of turn away from it. And it sucks because to me, this seemed like a type of game kind of like maybe Journey or something like that, but with puzzles. And I love puzzle games, and that game's world looked gorgeous. That's something I really wanted to get lost. And I know a lot of people did, and a lot of people were looking forward to that game. But the reception was just, I'd say even below average. Just not a lot of people were really with it, and that kind of really bummed me out and put me off of a purchase of it. I may still pick it up, like, later on, a little bit later when it's really cheap, but not right now. Like, it's just not something I'm going to get kind of bummed, but oh well. Yeah, that's unfortunate to hear. Uh, but yeah, I have heard some mixed things for that as well. Um, yeah, I don't know. As most of you have already said, there's so many games that have been out, you know, it's you have to really pick the time to actually play certain games and it is what it is. So when some do end up being disappointing, it's not good, but uh, it is what it is. So uh, my disappointment, this is a game that I actually did play. Um, and I played this game based off the fact that I'm a huge fan of the Sniper Elite series. So when I played this game, oh boy, it's very, very disappointing. Sniper Ghost Warrior 3. Uh, this is made by CI Games. Um, I actually was planning to review this game, but the issue is when I received the game, there was a lot of issues with the game itself. Now, this is a game that had some CryEngine development done on it. You know how when you see the logo, it says achieved with CryEngine. Such a great logo. You know, I love that stuff. But when I actually played the game, I'm reminded by that because of the ridiculously long loading times in between the missions. And when I'm talking about ridiculous loading times, I'm talking about 20 to 30 minute loading times. I'm like, whoa, whoa. That right there is why I never had a chance to review the game because I will be sitting there waiting to play, continue playing the campaign. And then within 30 minutes later, if there's something else I have to do, if I have to leave, go somewhere, I have to do what I have to do. But I did spend a good amount of time with the game, at least because the game is lengthy, you know, um, they do have a single-player campaign in there, so they try to make it interesting with the story. And for the most part, the story is okay. It doesn't really pick up too much as you get deeper. Um, it's very slow, slowly paced. But when you take that, adding with the issues of the loading stuff, it really, really it demands a lot of your time, and I just don't have a lot of time to devote to that. Um, with that said, you know, the kill, kills are not quite as satisfying. You know, one of the things about Sniper Elite is they have those x-ray kills. And those kills are fantastic. You know, very graphic for some people. But I, I enjoy that stuff without question more than anything else. So this game doesn't really have some of those type of things. I mean, they do have some some things where you shoot and 
there are some close-ups, but it's never to the extent, and it's not as graphic as when you kill someone in Sniper Elite. So I understand it's two different developers. They have two different approaches to these types of games. And I do understand that CI Games actually released a statement recently saying that they acknowledged that they had too many high ambitions for this game. And it shows because they did have a lot of high ambitions, but they didn't deliver. So, you know, it's okay to have ambitious thoughts about when you're creating a game, but you have to keep in mind if something does not look right or does not work correctly, then that's going to be an issue for people playing the game. So I do give them credit for trying to make this game more ambitious, but the end result, very, very disappointing for what what it's worth. Um, I'll be interested to see uh, if they get an opportunity to do another game, if they learn from these mistakes. But uh, I definitely have to say for now, that was the biggest disappointment for me uh, for, for last quarter. So it's okay. It is what it is. So now we're going to move on to the next quarter, which of course is going to include July, August, and September. Now there are quite a bit of games coming out this quarter. So we're probably going to have some hard choices once again. But we're going to start by talking about the one game we're looking forward to. So, Max, how about you go first and let us know what's one game you're looking forward to this current quarter? Yes. um, One game that I am definitely looking forward to is Sonic Mania. Uh, I got to play it actually at E3, and it's just a very, very solid recreation of um, the older... Uh, Sonic games, which I'm actually a huge fan of, especially because all of the modern ones have just been complete ass lately, aside from like Sonic Generations and a few other ones. But um, and also the developer was telling me a lot of little things about the game that got me extra excited. Like she was telling me, as you run through the levels, you'll notice like little things like paintings in the background. It's all little stuff in the background that are reminiscent of old ideas from when they were developing them, but that ones that just never really got into the games. Some you may recognize if you're a very dedicated fan and watch like the shows or know about a lot of cut content, but um, I haven't seen a lot of those things. So some of it won't mean much to me, but it's still really cool that that sort of stuff is in there. And there's going to be a lot of like secret uh, soundtracks and stuff that you can find, I guess that they were saying, or that you can get, which is really, really cool. And the game just seems to have a lot of love and little touches like here and there. And I just really, really liked how it played, of course. And it's just going to be a really, really cool kind of throwback game. I think people are really going to like it. I know the reception for it has been pretty positive overall. Cool. I can't wait for it. Yes, very good pick. I'm quite sure. I'm sure a lot of people on this particular show are looking forward to that game also. So that's a good one. Okay, uh, Gary, how about you go next and let us know which game you're looking forward to this current quarter? Uh, okay. Um, this might throw you off, Rich, and I'll explain, you know, why I went with this instead. But, yeah, um, Uncharted The Lost Legacy is my pick. <laughs> and uh, that's because, you know, one thing that I commend Naughty Dog for is they have great storytelling. And although I do have, you know, some gripes with Uncharted 4, um, you know, this... This uh, act- this standalone package is actually going to have Chloe as the main character, and you know uh, she's like one of my favorite characters in the Uncharted series, and we're also going to get to see a lot more of the supporting cast as well. So it definitely has my interest. 
and um i already know it's going to be a solid playthrough you know like i don't i don't doubt them um because even uncharted 4 was fun to play through there was some uh really great gameplay moments and you know the mechanics were you know incredible graphics were incredible and everything so i don't doubt that this is going to be a great experience so i'm looking forward to that now the game i was going to pick it was going to be destiny 2 but you know then i realized that actually it comes out on pc a lot later and i'm going to be getting that game on pc so um yeah that's the reason why i didn't pick uh, destiny 2 because you know i'm not actually going to be playing it when everyone else plays it on console so yeah for that reason i didn't go with destiny 2 but i am very much looking forward to that just seeing how the game's improved and just you know getting back into destiny again because i did really enjoy playing it with you know a lot of our friends like charles for instance and um hated greatness and uh, i believe i played with uh tony and jj at times as well so yeah i'm looking forward to the whole community aspect of destiny again and running missions and raids and everything like that so yeah uh but my pick is uncharted lost legacy sounds good and yeah you definitely threw me off um that's interesting destiny 2 though i'm surprised you're not playing it on playstation 4 because uh you know the, the people you mentioned probably are going to play it on playstation 4 but uh it is what it is <laughs> Okay, so uh, Tony, how about you let us know which game you're looking forward to next, this current quarter? Yeah, by the way, this current quarter, like Max said, kind of low-key powerhouse. You know, there's a lot of stuff coming. Max actually picked my pick. It was Sonic Mania because I'm a Sonic fan, but um, gives me a chance to talk about this other game. It was just announced um, recently at E3, and I'm hyped for it, and it's not a Sony game. Fucking Metroid Samus Returns, man. Okay, here's the thing. The very first Metro game I ever played in my entire life was Metroid 2 on the Game Boy. This is that game just recreated with 3D graphics and all that and a bunch of new moves. When I saw this shit, I lost my mind. I'm like, oh my god, they're bringing that shit back. Granted, it's kind of fucked up that uh, Nintendo didn't let the, the fans, because they, they, you know, the fans made another Metroid 2 remake, which was really more like in line with the original one. Kind of sucks that they didn't just give those guys a job, but this looks really cool. I definitely want to play that. I'm looking forward to it. Again, I love Metroid, and it's going to give me a chance to play 3DS again. I haven't played a 3DS in like three years. It's just like collecting dust, basically, so that'll be cool, you know, but yeah, this quarter, oh, I also do want to give a special little bit of a shout-out to Hellblade. That's coming out August 8th, man. That game looks fucking great. That's by Ninja Theory, right? Ninja Theory, to me, is one of the most underrated developers out there. Every game I've played from them, with no exception, has been fantastic. Um, I'm going back to Heavenly Sword, um, I, um, Journey to Enslaved Journey to the West, and fucking Devil May Cry. All brilliant games, so I'm expecting excellence from this one. But yeah, this this whew, man. I'm, I, again, I'm looking at this list. This quarter is going to be ridiculous. You know, like wow, like if this is what we have for the summer, imagine the you know the fall. It's going to be nuts. But yeah, definitely going to go with motherfucking Metroid on this one, man. I cannot wait. Very good picks. Since you, minute, since, since you mentioned Hellblade, let me just take this quick opportunity to let everybody know, if you have not visited the site, you need to visit the website because we actually are doing a giveaway and giving away two copies of that game. So 
if you have not visited the site and entered into the giveaway, you need to reevaluate your life and do that immediately. Do it after the show, though, because we still got a few things to talk about. But yes, great picks. So, uh, Mr. Lugo, how about you let us know which game you're looking forward to this current quarter? Yeah. Just again to, to reiterate what everybody said, th- this next quarter is going to be insane. There's going to this this is continues the trend of 2017 being one of the best years we've had in gaming because there is a lot of games coming out, a lot of big, highly anticipated games, some huge surprises we didn't even know about until the middle of this year at E3. This is going to be nuts. But again, I'm going to continue the Nintendo trend. You know, after what Tony just said, I'm going to say Mario and Rabbits because. Again, that was a game that not only caught us by surprise, which we knew was getting made for a while, but seeing it in motion at E3, and you, Rich, you even got to play it at E3, so I was a little, eh, I wanted to play it too, but uh, the game uh, looks really good. It's surprisingly good. It's got a lot of buzz behind it. A lot of people are comparing it to XCOM, which is interesting coming from Nintendo. Uh, granted, it's still being developed by Ubisoft, but it's still got the Nintendo brand seal of approval here. And it's got Nintendo's hands on it with Mario characters being involved with the Rabbids. And just the fact, you know, seeing Mario run around with a blaster in a non-Smash Brothers game, it's kind of surreal, but it's different. It's not a traditional style Mario game. This isn't like a crazy weird spinoff. Well, then again, it kind of is a crazy weird spinoff, but not in the same vein that you're usually seeing from Nintendo, like a Mario Party or a Mario Golf of the sort. This is something completely different. This is Uncharted territory for Nintendo or at least Nintendo characters and I think based on what we saw not only at the Ubisoft press conference but what we saw on the E3 showroom floor this game is looking like something special and a lot of people are feeling the same way so I have a strong feeling in a quarter when all these other big games like Metroid was mentioned before like Sonic Mania like Uncharted The Lost Legacy there's all these crazy games coming out across all the different platforms but I feel like that's going to be the game that really shines out the most for it being so different Wow. Hey, I agree 100%. Um, man. Yeah, I actually still have a preview coming for that game, so stay tuned for that because that will be on the site this week. But yeah, that game is awesome from based on what I've played. So um, as for the game I'm looking forward to, and you know, this is going to be very difficult because the initial game that I was going to say was going to be Uncharted Lost Legacy, but Gary took that. Then my backup was Mario Rabbits, but JJ has also said that. So both great games, but if there's another one that I'm looking forward to, it's a game that, you know, I, 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 I'm very gen- generally surprised that uh, it actually has a release date now, and that's Cuphead. You know, I feel like that went a little under the radar uh, when they had it at the Microsoft conference. I know a lot of people cheer when they said the release date, and I, I absolutely was happy about that, you know, because I have heard a couple of stories about the guys working on the game. The fact that these guys mortgaged their homes and did all this other stuff. They quit their jobs just to make this game. It makes me very, very interested in, I mean, I was already interested in the game, but now I definitely want to support it. Because I want to see what all they added to it. You know, for those that that know already, this was a game that started out as a fighter, but then they changed it into a platformer. And that was why the development took a longer amount of time. So I have to say, um, that is a game I'm going to be looking forward to uh, a lot uh, because of the fact that I'm very interested to see what they've added to the game. I did not play it in the initial stages it was in before. So... um, I'll be coming into it for the first time, but I'm, I'm very curious to see, and I'm hoping that the game proves to be successful for the developers because of all the sacrifices that they have made 
for this game to actually come out. But with that said, yeah, that that is at, that's at the top of my list. But I also have to say, once again, Mario Rabbits is I did play that game and that was awesome too. And I did see the gameplay for Uncharted: The Lost Legacy. Man, it, August is going to be crazy. August, September, both crazy. July, there's a little stuff there, but August and September is is crazy. So, uh, with all that said, all the positives said, now we need to address the one game that we think is going to disappoint uh, that same quarter. So, um, Mr. Google, how about you go first and let us know which game you think is going to be disappointing. Now, my pick, I want to preface by saying it comes with a lot of love, and it's a little tough love, but only because of not only what I've played both at E3 and also when I got back from E3, but also the general just consensus amongst a lot of people that have taken time to spend with this thus far. And I'm going to say Marvel vs. Capcom Infinite. And the reason being is that there a lot of people have been down on this game since E3. The the fact that we got two different demos where they weren't consistent, we had the story demo that we got on PlayStation 4 that a lot of people played at home during E3. But we also got another demo, a completely different build, apparently, that we got to play while we were at E3. And I got to play two matches of the game, you know, get some hands on time with it. I got to use characters like uh, Mega Man X and uh, Captain Marvel. And there's a preview now over on thecoalition.com. You guys could check that out. And it gives an overview of my thoughts on that particular demo. But the fact that they're two totally different ones and the one that everybody actually got that weren't at E3, technically the quote unquote bigger, more important demo that people would be playing is the worst one compared of the two. It wasn't a multiplayer demo. It was more giving an idea of the story mode stuff, which a lot of people were down on and also down on the look of some of the characters, specifically Chung Lee, how she just didn't look right. It seems like there's a lot of things going on behind the scenes with Marvel vs. Capcom Infinite, not only including some of the controversy that's been sparking up ever since after E3 where the stuff about the DLC characters, the stuff and questions about the X-Men cast that a lot of people are very concerned about. It seems like there's a lot of ongoing discussions happening at both Capcom and Marvel and I think that the game is going to suffer for it and I think that's a real bad thing because they this is a very big game for a lot of people, especially being the next iteration in the Marvel Versus series or just the Capcom Versus series I should say and uh, I feel like a lot of people are going to be very upset when they, it ends up not being something that they've really wanted and really put a lot of stock into, uh, especially in a year where there's so many other big fighting games that have huge credibility, huge pedigrees behind them. Capcom being the one developer that has probably the biggest portfolio of like iconic video games in the fighting game genre uh, can't keep up or at least can't be on par with some of the other stuff that's being done with some of these other games like Injustice 2 from NetherRealms, like Tekken 7 from Bandai Namco. Capcom should be up there within that echelon, especially with the amount of hype and excitement that people have about their series, especially the Versus series. This is Marvel versus Capcom. Let's let's be real about this. There should be a lot of hype behind this game, and it's just not there. There's a lot of dour emotions right now, and who knows? It could actually actually turn around completely by the time the game comes up. But not a lot of people are feeling good about this game, including myself. Yeah, I uh, that's a very good pick. That was on my list of disappointments, but I do have another one. But yeah, that's that's a very good pick. We'll see. Hopefully, it turns out, but. Uh, I believe uh, Blackstar said it mentioned in the chat that his uh, best fighting game of 2017 isn't even a 2017 game, and that's the Dragon Ball game. So we'll see what happens with Capcom, Marvel versus Capcom. Uh, so, Gary, how about you go next and let us know which game you think is going to be disappointing? 
Yeah, um, now I was originally very open to trying out this game just because, you know, uh, because of Overwatch, I've become really interested in these, you know, arena type shooter games. And, um, of, of course, the game I'm talking about is Lawbreakers. And, uh, me and Richard actually got to play this at E3. And from what I played of it, like, it just, it wasn't very fun at all, to be honest with you. Like, um, the first few minutes of the match, I had to actually figure out what the hell was even going on in the match, like, cause it's not clear. Um, what you actually have to do and the movement. I didn't like the movement at all. It felt very like floaty. Um, and I guess each character has like their own type of special movement and stuff, but, um, it's just really hard to get to grips with. And I feel like, uh, if you, if you're going to make a shooter like this, it should be, I'm not, not like, not too simple, but like it should be somewhat simple. It should follow a simple kind of guideline so that it's accessible to everybody and people can just jump in and feel comfortable with the character they're playing and it that so that it's clear for them to understand the differences with each character. Like you shouldn't be able to get on the game and then just feel completely stuck kind of thing and have to figure out what to do and how to move and, and things like that. And um yeah, I feel like just like uh, with Drawn to Death, I feel like this is a type of game that's going to have a lot of short-term appeal. Um, I know they kind of they probably want it to be as big as you know a game like Overwatch or you know like a Quake or you know any of the other um, online-only shooters and stuff. But uh, I just feel like it's Lawbreakers is like a lot of talk, and I feel like it doesn't have the solid gameplay to back it up. And what works for a game like Overwatch is just the, the core gameplay itself is just so fun and addictive to, to get into. Like, you don't have to overthink it. Um, there's not all these different dynamics in the game that complicate things and slow down the pace or anything. Like, But with Lawbreakers, I feel like it's trying to do a little too much. Um, and it kind of hurts the level of fun. And like the people who, who were on my team, because I played on the PC while Richard was playing on console... And, you know, we were all, uh, we were talking before the match. We were like, okay, yeah, who's going to carry the team? I hope you carry me. And, you know, we were talking a little shit or whatever because we were facing another team. So, um, yeah, like everybody who played on my team, like nobody really understood what the hell was going on. Like, so it, it wasn't just me. Like, it's not just me, you know, who didn't really enjoy that demo. Um, the beta is actually coming up this month, I believe. So, Everybody will get to check it out and see exactly what I mean. But, um, yeah, I mean, this is Cliffy B's big game. And, um, I feel like because of that, a lot of people are thinking that this is going to come out and it's going to be a big deal and everything. And maybe it will be. Maybe I'll be proven wrong. And maybe that demo itself was just bad, but the game is actually good. Who knows? But, um, based on what I played, like, I feel like this game isn't going to be that great. We'll see. It comes out in August, so you know it's not too long to wait. Absolutely, yes, good pick. Um, so I'm going to switch it up for here for a quick second. I think I should go next since uh, it was already mentioned. Um, I have to say, of every game that I have seen at E3 this year, the game 
you know, and I'm talking about specifically for this quarter, the game that I think is going to be the most disappointing, once again, as Gary already said, lawbreakers. I, I agree with that 100%. It's so much so I have to also pick that. Uh, you know, I would have had Marvel versus Capcom as a second for a lot of the reasons that JJ has already said, but I say lawbreakers because I feel as though this game does have a lot of attention on it. I know the fact that um, the game is going to be on PlayStation 4 and PC first is not really, you know, it could come to Xbox One later. That's not why the game is a disappointment, but I did play the game on PlayStation 4 while Gary played it on uh, PC. And to me, it just feels like it's, yeah, you don't really know what you're doing. Uh, obviously, I think if they had a tutorial, that would be of some more assistance. But to me, the game kind of feels like a, a, little, a little dated also. You know, I know everyone has the ability to jump high with the jetpack, so on and so forth. This is something that we've already seen with other games, though. So it kind of feels a little out of date. Uh, not really too fun, in, in my opinion. Um but I mean, there is an audience out there that's going to enjoy the game. You know, I think the one thing that it has is, that it is going for it now is that it's only thirty dollars. I mean, it'll be out uh, around August eighth, which is actually the same day that uh, Hellblade comes out. You know, two different audiences. You know, so on and so forth. But both are actually going to be thirty dollars. So it is something that somebody can pick up for that for a certain type of player. But based on what I played, I, I wasn't too impressed with the game. Um, I'm glad that I got a t-shirt from them. That was awesome. Yes, of course. But playing the game, you know, I, I think I need to see more. But from what I can say now, I, I feel like this game is going to have a lot of hype behind it because it is Cliffy B's game. And it may not uh, live up to the high expectations that uh, some people have of it. Um, but, you know, we have to wait and see how the finished product turns out. But based on what i played so far, I could say I, I wasn't didn't walk away thinking that this game is fantastic. I was like, you know, it's something about it I just don't like about it. But uh, I could only be in the minority. We'll, we'll see. That's my pick, though. Um, so, Mr. Max Muller, uh, how about you let us know about your pick that you think is going to be a disappointment? So, um, I was also going to say Lawbreakers. But um, for the sake of diversity and also because I really think this, uh, I'm going to say Knack 2, uh, mostly because it just looks exactly the same as the first game. Like, I know it was playable over at uh, the Sony, uh, the Sony like pre party before their um, E3 conference, and I was watching a little bit of it. And honestly, it was to the point where I almost wouldn't have been able to tell you it's Knack 2 compared to the first game, just from the little bit I've seen so far. And I just haven't seen a lot of coverage on it in general. Like, yeah, there's still, like, the name Knack still brings up some buzzwordy coverage because, you know, it was one of the PS4 release titles. But to me, it just seems like it's going to be kind of like Destiny 2, where it's almost exactly the same thing. But the thing is, Destiny's gameplay was good the first time around. Um, Not that the story was, but Hopefully with Knack, that's not the case, but I I think it's just going to be just as average as the first game, if not only a little bit better. But um, in terms of Lawbreakers, though, really quickly, because that was my main choice, I feel like the only reason that game has any hype at all is because of Cliffy B and because his name is on it. Like, Because I remember at PAX, they had a massive, massive booth 
I think it was the biggest booth on the show floor, if I'm not mistaken, um, of people just playing it constantly. They were constantly announcing it. You couldn't even walk by it. You couldn't even ignore it because they're just yelling about it the whole time. It was right next to like a bullet storm booth that they also had. And it just seemed to me like they were trying way too hard to be pushing these games. And uh, actually, the Lawbreakers beta, I believe, is right now. Like, it's going on right now, so you can still definitely try it. I think it just went open today. Um, but eh, it just seems like a Quake wannabe, in my opinion. Like, I get it. It has, like, kind of Cliffy B's, like, blood in it with Unreal Tournament because it's a little bit like that, too. But I just don't think it's as good at anything. Or I don't think it's as good as what it's trying to do as those other games are. And... It just seems very mad to me. I think Gary hit the nail on the head by saying it's going to be like a short-term kind of game. Like, it'll be fun for a little bit. And like, it's $30. That kind of worries me. Um, Cliffy B was like, oh yeah, it's $30 because it's multiplayer only and that's worth it. But I think that's just him trying to convince us it's worth it. And he just talks about it all the time. I think it just has really good marketing. That's it. Like, it's $30. Don't get me wrong. For $30, bucks, it's awesome. But I don't know. That has me worried. So it sounds like uh, Gary, myself, and Max, we've all broken the law of talking bad about the game. So we'll see what happens, how this turns out in our favor. Um, Yes, we'll see about that. So, uh, Mr. Polanco, now you can let us know which game you think will will be disappointing. Destiny 2. Oh, whoa, whoa, whoa. Okay. No, no, I'm fine. I don't know. He sounds like he's hating. I have a hater. No, hey, listen, listen. I, I personally didn't like the first Destiny. I thought that was overrated. So I'm expecting this one to be the same. But that's actually not my pick. Um, you guys actually already mentioned both of them. I think Lawbreaker is going to be a huge disappointment. But I'm going with motherfucking Marvel vs. Capcom Infinite, man. Uh, just that the, the recent news that came out that like basically the reason there's no X Men in it is because Marvel felt that people forgot about them, so they want to put them in the game. Like, are you fucking kidding me, dude? Really? Like, because Captain Marvel and Rocket Raccoon are way more popular, recognizable than Wolverine and Magneto. Come on, son. Get out of here with that, man. Um, here's the thing. I've played the game. I like it personally, but I could see why I could see this game being a huge disappointment for the hardcore fighting game like community because it's been very simplified, right? Obviously, the graphics don't look as good as they should. You know, like they're trying to make them look more cinematic, but I'm like, come on, it, it looks bad. Like you've seen Chun Li's face and all that, you know. And yes, that that story mode that they put out for the public, man. I did a write up on that. Oh God, it, it was like bad. It was just terrible. Like when you compare that, to, like Injustice or Mortal Kombat or something, like those games, Nether Realm, they really stepped the game up when it comes to fighting game stories, right? And Capcom ain't even touching that. So this looks like it's going to be the second Capcom fighting game disappointment of this generation. And that's sad because Capcom is the one that pretty much started this whole like modern fighting game genre. If you really think about it, you know, like they're the godfathers of this shit. But now, I don't know, man. Yeah, this game, I don't know, man. Like when this game drops, and like JJ said, like this is Marvel's a Capcom. This isn't one of their elite games. No one's hyped for this shit. People are making fun of it. That's bad. When you got people more excited for a, a Dragon Ball Z game that's coming out next year than this one, that's not good. You know, so I think when that drops, it's going to be, I think it, Capcom's eyes are going to be opened up. You know, I hate to say that because, oh man, because I love this series so much, but this looks like booty butt cheeks, man. Uh, so I, I, I just, I just have to ask a quick question. You know, yeah. Uh, once again, great picks. But I have to ask this question: Did Capcom ever 
finish the character DLC for Street Fighter Five, or is that still uh, ongoing? It's still going. It's yeah, still going, going because yeah. it, the last one that came out was actually right before or right during E3. It was with that other random character that just came out. I believe it was at the start of June, I want to say, that I got I got to play with him a little bit. It, it, again, this type of stuff is not really keeping people invested in the game over time. You would think so, kind of like what uh, NetherRealm's been doing with Injustice 2. But look at the difference, though. Injustice 2 has it where every time that you get a new character, you get new multiverse stuff, you get new gear, you get new character endings, you get all these different things. But if you look at Street Fighter V, you only get the, the lackluster story-like I guess content, which is just basically like one fight per character sometimes, and not much else. Yeah, I don't even think you get trials with it. The the point is, and like we've said it before about Marvel vs. Capcom, just Capcom in general, the way that they've been approaching the design for their two big marquee fighting games, which is Street Fighter and the Versus series, are just not doing the same type of uh, interesting and dynamic stuff that both Bandai and Amco have done with Tekken and NetherRealm specifically has done with their Mortal Kombat and their Injustice series. It's just is not it's not working right. It just hasn't really garnered the attention of everybody overall. Yeah, that's not good. Well, we'll see what happens. Uh, maybe maybe uh, they can surprise us with Marvel versus Crapcom, but no, no, we'll we'll see. We'll see. <laughs> All right, so you guys have any final thoughts that you would like to say before we wrap up the show? I, I saw, Mr. Lugo, you made a mention about playing Knack 2. Did you want to say something on that real quick? All, all I'll say is that I got a chance to play Knack 2 right before the PlayStation conference. It was me and Eric came from Forbes, and we did a, a more kind of combat-focused uh, demo together. There was another one where it was based more on platforming and puzzles, but we decided to do the combat one just to, you know, kind of check it out, just get an overall feel of the game itself without getting too specific to it. And it was fun for what it was. It feels like, or at least for how it was explained to me, uh, there's a lot of the problems from NAC 1 were kind of addressed, especially some of the control issues and other little uh, detailed things here and there, but I didn't really spend enough time with it to really judge it like that. All I did know is that Mark Cerny was wa- walking around. He was actually creeping on us to make sure that, like how we were playing the game, so I thought that was kind of funny, but overall, I enjoyed it. Okay, okay, cool. Sounds good. So yeah, we'll, we'll definitely be talking more about some of these games because, uh, you know, as they get closer to release. And then I, I know I still have quite a bit of previews coming. So stay tuned for a lot of more thoughts on some games that we didn't mention and then others that we did mention. But uh, that concludes our show for today. We thank you all for listening. Uh, so if you guys have any final shout outs that you would like to give, uh, how about you go first, Mr. Lugo? Oh, I'm actually, I muted myself. <laughs> oh, I was going to say, just shout out to everybody in the chat. We appreciate you guys. We appreciate all the comments that you guys leave on the videos, all the comments that you guys leave on the articles, the postings, the reviews. Really appreciate the feedback and also just the communication and the engagement that you guys have. Every time that you guys do that, every time that you guys like the videos and you subscribe to the YouTube channel, it helps us out a lot and it keeps us being able to do all the good content that you guys love to check out from us so we, again shout out to the patrons as well for your patronage thank you we appreciate that as well and keep sticking around we got a lot more reviews we got a lot more content coming out not only the rest of this week but also leading into the rest of the different months of this upcoming quarter there's a lot of cool stuff that we got planned out 
And we've been trying to make cool changes going in, you know, to later on this year. We have a lot more unboxing content. I've been doing a lot of the unboxing stuff that you guys have been very responsive with, which I appreciate. So hopefully within the next month or two, we got even more interesting and cool tech stuff, as well as other gaming surprises for you guys to enjoy. But thanks a ton. Absolutely. Agree 100%. Mr. Max Muller, any final shout outs from you, sir? Uh, yeah, pretty much echoing what JJ said. As always, thanks everyone for participating in the chat. It's great to see, you know, we have the same few people that come in every week and it's always great to catch up with you guys and talk with you and see what you have to say about everything. And yeah, we still have a lot of content to be putting up on the site. So keep checking out the site. You know, we still got some E3 coverage that we have to post up about some games that I know not everyone got to see. So that'll be pretty cool for you guys to check out and everyone to see. But, um, yeah, I'll see you guys next week. Absolutely. Uh, Mr. Polanco, any final shout-outs from you, sir? Yeah, you know, as always, shout-out to the fans joining us in the live chat. Um, all the guys that are eventually going to comment in the comments section. You know, obviously, you know, we want to thank you all for showing the coalition some love. You know, appreciate that. And I also want to, you know, wish our American listeners and viewers a happy 4th of July. That's coming up soon. So hope everybody has a great time. Please don't blow yourselves up. You know, we, we want you coming back next week with all your limbs intact. <laughs> you know, uh, firework, eat and drink responsibly, please. I agree 100% with that. Well said. Uh, you know, everything you said there. <laughs> uh, yeah, I also want to give a shout out to the fans that have continued to support us, uh, watching the content on YouTube, visiting the site, checking out the articles. We appreciate the continued support. As I did mention earlier, uh, you know, we are giving away two copies of Hellblade, and I believe that the deadline for that is this upcoming Thursday. So I think uh, if you still haven't entered the giveaway, you definitely should do so as soon as this show ends. Go to the site and, you know, we'll also have a link as well that we will leave in the post when the actual post is on the website. But, um, yeah, definitely enter for your chance to win. And we are going to be doing more giveaways in the future. You know, that was for, for, for August, you know, well, for July. The August giveaway, you know, I can only imagine what game that's going to be because there's a lot of games. But we will have voting for that up sometime later this month. But thank you all for your continued support. Uh, and, Gary, the floor is yours now. Yep, of course, I want to shout out all of our Patreon supporters at the moment. And that's M. Collins, Sean Gorty, Stephen Ferron, Mauricio Aguilar, Himdil, Fergus Mills, Lano and Leslie, Nicholas Alvarez, and James Davis. Um, thank you all for your support. And uh, we will announce the winner of our giveaway on uh, next week's podcast. The co-op uh, podcast will return next week. So yeah, and um, shouts to everyone who joined us in the chat as well. I see Miguel in there, um, Apex and Wesley. Shouts for you guys and um, at Blackstar too. And thanks for you know um, chopping up about games with us this week. And that's pretty much it for now. Um, happy Independence Day to everyone in America, and I hope you enjoy yourselves. Yes, thank you all again. We'll talk to you next week. <laughs>